0: Hello world, you are welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the table everybody, this is Axter signing in. I hope you'll be sticking around, today I want you to buckle up, yes I said buckle up because we're taking a motion today. This table has turned to a cruise ship, we're about to move, we're about to ride and enjoy the ride. So I want you to buckle up, settle down, and let's go. Wait, 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 sorry, hang on. Okay, yep, there we are. Got him. <laughs> almost forgot my keys. Alright, I'm ready now. Let's go! Okay, everybody. We're on smooth waters now. If you look out the window to your right, you may just see the Bermuda Triangle. That may be scary, but don't worry. We're riding a god sailing boat, so we're going to be fine. Welcome back to the table, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about something quite exciting. Well, I don't know about exciting, but I know it's interesting. Okay, today I'm going to be discussing the topic that I'm sure would be very intriguing to a lot of people. I'm going to be telling you why I believe in Jesus. I have entitled this episode, The Way, Truth, and Life. Today, we're going to be looking about Jesus in other world views and why he is the only true world view why the christian view is the true world view i'm going to be looking at that today We're going to be, i'm going to be discussing it and i'm going to break it down as much as i can i've been in a lot of study this week this past week or last week i don't know where you are in the world at what time it is it's actually around past 3 a.m at the time of recording this damn i'm tired okay i'm not tired but I'm actually very stumped, and but I'm psyched anyway. Let's get into this the way, the truth, and the life. Hmm, I like that. <laughs> Let's go, people. Okay, passengers, listeners, diners. I don't know what you want to call yourself, call yourself whatever you want, but welcome to the podcast. I already told you what we're going to be talking about today, the way, the truth, and the life. Let's get to it. Now, I know we live in a world with different worldviews. People have different outlooks on life. We have the naturalist outlooks on life. The existentialist outlooks on life, the utopianist outlooks on life, their traditional outlooks on life, their naturalist outlooks on life, atheistic outlooks on life, religious outlooks on life. There are a lot of outlooks on life. There are a lot of worldviews out there in our world. There are pantheistic worldviews, all kinds of worldviews. Today, we are going to be discussing one simple topic, why I believe that the Christian worldview Is the correct worldview? Why I believe in Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I'm not gonna be too long in this, I'm gonna try and be as simple and brief as possible. I'll be using a lot of quotes, not from scripture, not a lot of quotes from scripture. I remember in the first episode, I always I said that I would try and avoid as much scripture as I can so I can be relatable. Now the way the truth and the life i tell you that i have been challenged a lot of times when arguing and trying to defend the christian faith i have a particular group of friends or one friend i'll tell you in particular okay maybe not one but they're he i think when i think of these people i think of him in particular every time we discuss things about relig- religious worldviews and other worldviews she always bottles down the argument to what do we know than what we were indoctrinated into, than what we were taught, that we even know if anything is true. Now, I believe, believe you me, this challenged me for a long time, because I know in my heart, I believe in my heart, that my world view is true, the world view that I have believed in is true, I believe it in my heart, I've known for a long time because of my experiences and the life that I've been forced to lead. Not forced, I don't want to say that forced, but when I say forced, I mean like the life I have had to lead because of the worldview that I represent and the worldview I believe in. And because of this life I live, I know deep in my heart that my worldview is correct. But then, because of the discipline that I believe the Lord has called me into, apologetics, I feel it is my duty to be able to explain to others and show them the truth behind what I believe in. And that's why we have this episode today. I want to battle that argument that it all boils down to indoctrination that we don't know the truth and all that we know is what we are indoctrinated into so the way the truth and the life why i believe in jesus christ i'm going to be breaking down this talk into various sections I don't know the number of points believe me whenever i'm talking like this i'm not really talking from a particular set of notes i have notes but that's not what i'm focusing on i'm really just spitballing and saying what's in my head drawing from here and drawing from there so i don't know how many points i'm going to have but just know that it's going to be bullet points here and there now i want to start by saying this christ jesus christ is the only worldview, the only personality That offers forgiveness and salvation. Christ is the only worldview that offers forgiveness and salvation. Now, I want you to think about... Ask a Muslim... Tell a Muslim that he will go to heaven one day, and this is a typical response you'll get. Not like go to heaven, like what do they have to go to heaven to do to go to heaven? And he tells you that oh, we can never be sure, we have to stand before Allah and hope that your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. That's in the view of Allah. In Allah's view, whether your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, that is what ensures that you get into paradise. You look at the pantheistic world, the pantheistic the pantheistic worldviews, sorry for that stutter, the pantheistic worldviews, Buddhism, Hinduism, and so on, they believe in concepts of karma, perfection, nirvana, and rebirth. They say karma, 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 you re, you repay everything that you do, good or evil, you suffer the consequences, and then you must attain perfection to go into nirvana, that is their form of paradise or their concept of paradise and until you attain perfection you continue being reborn to atone for your past sins mistakes and other deeds until you have lived the perfect life and you can ascend into nirvana now these are a few um concepts from different worldviews. now the difference that makes christianity christ to stand out is that Christ is the only worldview where we are not trying to attain perfection or relative perfection. In Christ we are stated to already be made perfect in the sight of God. Yes, that's how it's stated in different Christian references, especially in the Bible. We are made perfect in the sight of God. So, Christ offers us forgiveness and salvation we do not strive to attain perfection. We are made perfect. And what we do in Christ is to maintain a standard of perfection. Now, it's not about the thing about the Christian world is that it's not about what you do. It's about who you are and what you've been made in Christ. What you do, the reason that we do the things we do, the good deeds, the good works, we manifest the light of Christ is because <laughs> not because we are trying to attain nirvana or paradise no we attain nirvana and paradise because of who we are but the thing is that the expression of who we are that is where our deeds fall under so i tell you this the deeds in themselves are not what attains perfection for us or paradise they are just an extension or an expression of how we have already attained nirvana, paradise, perfection, whatever you want to call it, and that is salvation, salvation, Jesus forgives our wrong deed, he makes it look like they were never even there, the Bible says that he forgives and he forgets, he forgets, like, it's as if, let me, you don't seem to understand, I don't think many people will understand what it means for God to forget something. For God to forget something, it's almost like, it's basically like it never happened. That occurrence doesn't exist in history, in time. You may remember it. You may remember it, but he has forgotten it. So as far as He can, he's concerned, that, that, that didn't happen. That's how the Christian worldview presents our lives in salvation. God saves us out of sin and darkness and evil in this world. And then he gives us a white robe. He gives us perfection. It's like a blank piece of paper you give to a child, a coloring book. And you tell him, this book is already white, it's perfect. You want him to color it. And he tries to paint within the lines. Not for the sake of maintaining the perfection of the book. But the book is already perfect. He's just trying to make, he's just trying to, I mean, not for the sake of making the book perfect. The book is already perfect, the lines are there. He's just staying within the lines because he wants to maintain the perfection of the book and even when he goes out of the lines you that gave him the book representing God in this case you're not angry or take or think that he or you think that he has fallen short no, what you do is that you, you comfort this child who has made a mistake you give him an eraser or you help him to erase you take off that little bit of color that has gone outside the lines and it's almost like it was never there That's how the Christian worldview presents salvation and forgiveness. That's one of the most key differences between the Christian worldview and other worldviews. Salvation and forgiveness. Jesus Christ offers salvation. He saves. He saves. What do I mean by he saves? He takes you out of darkness and puts you into light. Other worldviews always make put on a pedestal attaining perfection, in other words, light. But then look at the Christian worldview that says, I've already given you perfection, so your life is an extension, an expression of the perfection that you have been given, the light that you are, the light that you are in. That's the major difference between. The Christian worldview, another worldview, and which is why I believe it to be true because it's just so beautiful to think that Christ is the only one to offer salvation as a free gift, not a gift you have to work for. It's free, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. Boom, you're saved. You don't have to spend your entire life working, 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 working to attain salvation, to attain perfection so that you can ascend into nirvana and hope that you don't be reborn in another life and continue to live for your past mistakes and atone for your sins. No! You're giving perfection. You're giving salvation as a free gift for simply accepting the Lord Jesus. That's the most beautiful thing about christian worldview and why i believe it to be true now i want to point like at a second point that greatly relates to the first one i just said the christian faith is the only faith that talks about providing redemption this is another way to just portray what i said in the first point it provides redemption which means that it doesn't matter what you've done Or how you've lived. If you look at pantheistic worldviews, the whole emphasis is on how you live your life and atoning for the sins you commit, the bad deeds, all of that, attaining perfection so you can ascend into paradise. But no, the Christian worldview provides redemption. Christ provides redemption, which means that it doesn't matter how you've lived or how you've been living, you can have a clean slate and act like it's like before him none of that ever happened i already said this it didn't happen that's how it is before christ take an illustration from the bible i will take an illustration through the prodigal son a father or a young man says to his father like i'm going to treat you like you are dead I want to assume that you were dead. Give me my half of your your inheritance. The man has two sons. Give me my half of your inheritance. I'm sure after much persuasion, talk and everything, the father goes ahead. He gives him this half of of his inheritance. And the boy goes to a distant city. He flaunts all the money. Eventually, ends up in a pigsty, feeding the pigs and resulting so low as to eat the food or attempt to eat the food is given to them and then he reasons one day that my father's hired servants don't live this lowly at least they have food to eat and they are paid well they're paid handsomely so he decides to return to his father to go home and plead his forgiveness to plead his forgiveness and then on his way home, his father sights him from the house and then he runs out halfway. Now, I want to let you know, I want you to understand that in Jesus' time in the East, in the Eastern society, where Jesus was based during his time, this little thing I've, this little thing I've said, the father saw, sighted him from far, and got up and ran to meet him half, halfway. It's outrageous. It it's, can't be heard of in the time of Jesus that the, and the boy has sinned against his father and his father runs to meet him halfway no it's the boy who comes and is begging he's begging he's begging looking for how to atone for his sin because that's how the judaistic the judaistic worldview also puts it he has to atone for his sins but then jesus puts it that the father runs and meets him halfway and then the son gets on his knees and he's begging father i'm not worthy to be called your son make me one of your hired servants So I can have food to eat, I'll just work in your house as long as I can have food to eat and a bed to sleep on. And the father looks at him like, what nonsense are you saying? He calls his servants, bring a robe, bring my finest robe, put it on his back. Kill the fattened calf, the calf that we have been fattening. That is his most prized possession among his cattle. He says, slaughter it and let us prepare a feast. Now, to show you even more the gravity of what his father has done, the boy's brother can't even begin to comprehend what his father is doing. This boy just flaunted half of your wealth. Half of it. Half of your wealth is gone because of this young man. I've served under you for years, and you've never given me as much as a goat to feast with my friends. But this boy, who took half of your wealth to a distant city and flaunted it, you come, he comes back, and you kill the fattened cow for him. And the father looks at this other son and says, You wouldn't understand what has happened today. Your brother was lost, but now he is found. And there is, great rejo- there is great rejoicing. He is redeemed. See what I did there? He has received redemption. And this is the whole basis of the Christian worldview. The whole basis that Christ offers us. Redemption. Redemption. I want you to understand this redemption that it doesn't matter how much we have soiled that coloring book that we were giving he's willing to take it from us and give us even he goes far beyond beyond erasing he throws it away This is this one is soiled and he gives us a new one a clean slate that we don't even have to work for we just have to come and say lord have mercy on me I accept you as my lord and personal saviour and he gives us a clean slate. It's a free gift. With Christ, redemption is a free gift. It's free. That's the second point. Third, I want to emphasize on is that Christianity, or Christ, I'm going to be using the word Christ, goes beyond religion to emphasize relationship. Now, this greatly relates to the first two points I just stated christianity christ goes beyond religion to emphasize a relationship relationship now what does that mean you observe that in other religious worldviews or the worldviews that accept the concept of god now there is always a chase to meet up with god to attain his standards of perfection and all of that to attain his standards to enter paradise to attain perfection to be in nirvana they're always chasing after the concept or whatever they place as god they're always chasing after him chasing after him chasing after him i've observed these things i've observed these things in tea in, in there was a long time ago i watched the program or i don't know whether it was either watching my father where you see monks i've forgotten what particular pantheistic religion that they were practicing that did quite crazy things in order to attain inner peace or something like that you see a man that kept his hand up he he looked to keep his hand up for 12 years at the time I had watched the program he had done it for 10 he was a monk and he, you see his hand withered that hand had been up for 10 years he's trying to do as much as he can to attain peace inward to attain perfection to try and you know just chase after God another man had not lay down or sat down in 10 years trying to approach 12 for the same reasons but you see in the christian worldview you see god christ chasing after us now i want you to understand the whole gospel story The whole gospel story is a story of how Christ came down here in an attempt to take us back into our relationship with God, a relationship that was lost with Adam and Eve. The whole Bible shows God trying to restore that relationship. He tries to use the law, he tries to use the law just to make us bring men back closer to him. Through the priests through judges he just wants to restore that relationship that he had with men at the beginning and that's why he sent jesus jesus comes he dies on the cross what's his objective he wants to restore his relationship with man you see that a christian worldview christ is continually chasing after us to restore that relationship that's what i think Differentiates one of the main things that differentiates Christianity from religion. It's a relationship. That's why I always feel the cringe when I see people bog Christianity with the rest of the religions. Say it's a religion, it's a religion. They're just believing in God. Like it's more, it's far more than just chasing God. You know, as a Christian, I can tell you authoritatively that this lifestyle we live it goes far beyond just chasing God. We have a clean-cut relationship with him. The Bible says that he gave us the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to be with us, to teach us, to help us. Like the Holy Spirit is the version of God that resides among us. You see that God, the Holy Spirit is God among us, dwelling with us the holy spirit i don't know of any other worldview that gives you something that is the equivalent of the holy spirit now i may be wrong in this particular statement i haven't confirmed this i'm just saying this like i said before i'm spitballing i'm just saying this but i don't know of any other worldview that gives you an equivalent of the holy spirit that is god to dwell with you that's what the christian worldview gave us that's what christ was when he was when he came to earth he was god with us god among us the holy spirit is god among us seeking to have that relationship with him God god yearns after the relationship that's why he's so jealous of us he wants us all to himself he just wants to have a relationship with us see unlike other religious world views where they are constantly yearning after god the relationship in the christian world with christ is two way we yearn after him and he yearns even more after us he's chasing after us that's the hallmark of the christian worldview i'm going to go back a bit and talk about something it's a, I want to say christianity or christ is the only worldview that offers you a savior i already said that christ is the only person that offers forgiveness and salvation but now i'm going to say this again christianity offers you a savior why am i saying this because i want to quote ravi zacharias now ravi zacharias speaking at one time i don't know year. speaking at a UN prayer break, prayer prayer breakfast On the topic, the search for absolutes in a relativistic society, a relativistic society, he said this he said, There are four areas to look for absolutes. He said, You look for absolutes in evil, justice, love, and forgiveness. Evil, justice, love, and forgiveness. We all look for absolutes in these four particular categories. We look for absolutes in evil, justice, love and forgiveness we look for absolutes here and then he proposed a question to them at the prayer breakfast the un in the united nations he says where in history did all four of these converge at one point in history now i take you to a hill called calvary <laughs> and i show you the man jesus christ who shows us the evil in our hearts is just and the justifier loves us so much that he gave his life for us and even while we persecuted him he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Evil, justice, love, and forgiveness all converged at one point in history in Jesus Christ. I hope you're trying I really hope that you are I don't know how to put this scene, What I'm trying to, you're picking up and I'm trying to put down. Jesus is the answer or the absolute that we're looking for. Now, I hope you understand what I'm, oh, God help me. I hope you understand what I'm trying to put down. Jesus is the absolute that we are looking for in the world. We're searching for absolutes in a relativistic society, looking for what is actually correct, true, and indisputable. And you see Jesus being the answer to those absolutes, representing all of them, evil, justice, love, and forgiveness. Jesus shows us the evil in our hearts. He is just, and he is the justifier. He loved us so much. That he gave his life to save us. And even as we persecuted him, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm going to move on. I'm going to talk about the subject of suffering and how Jesus relates to our suffering. Now, Jesus is the only worldview that has ever claimed to take up our suffering on himself. Isaiah 53 verse 5, I'll quote that for you. Okay, I won't quote it, but I'll just paraphrase it. He says that he took our infirmities upon himself, transgressions of our sins, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. Now, that is an important point to note the chastisement of peace was upon him we all know that suffering is an integral part of life suffering is an integral part of life i went through a couple of experiences last year 2019 that drew me closer to god a lot of things happened with me in school and my relationships my relationships with people i can tell you that i'm really really attuned to the tone of suffering i know what it feels like to go through things like depression, anxiety I know what it's like and how people might be suffering there's a relationship you've lost lines you've crossed a lot of things like that but then the Bible says that the chastisement for our peace was upon him the chastisement for our peace was upon him which means that he suffered so that we may have peace so that even through our suffering we may have peace Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thou art with me. Jesus walks through our sufferings with us. He relates to our sufferings. He died on the cross. He was whipped and beaten because of us. Jesus was persecuted while he was on earth. He knows what it is like to suffer. He was human. He knows what it is like to suffer. And he relates to our suffering. He takes that suffering. He says that he has taken that suffering upon himself. He took that suffering upon himself. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And through all our suffering, Jesus claims to be there. No other worldview, no other proponent of a worldview has laid, can lay laid this claim or has laid this claim to take up the suffering of men upon himself to take the chastisement for their peace upon him and by his stripes we are healed because of what he suffered because of what he suffered we don't have to suffer and even when we do suffer we know that he has suffered more and that he walks with us through our suffering to give us peace because he has paid for that peace this is one of the most intriguing things about the christian world that really makes me think deep and know why i believe so much in jesus why i believe in jesus because for somebody to know and relate to our suffering he knows our suffering he relates to our suffering and still take that chastisement so that we may have peace he took the chastisement upon himself so that we may have peace. I don't know what else to believe in if I can't believe in that. No greater love has any man than this than a, than a man should lay his life down for his friend. If we were not even his friends, we despised him, we hated him. But he took the chastisement for our peace upon himself. Now, finally, on a more minor note, I'm just going to blow your mind a little bit. I'm going to talk about how Jesus bridges time. Now, in relation to time, there are three ways to categorize worldviews. You have the traditionalists, the traditionalists that believe, that live for the past. The utopianist that lives for the future. And the existentialists that lives for the now. Now, I want to take you to the communion table. On the night that he was taken, before he was taken to be killed, Jesus broke bread and gave wine to his disciples. And he said to them that, As often as you eat of this now, remember me and what I did for you then until I return in the future. You see how Jesus is the bridge between time. He bridges time. He is the bridge between the utopianist, the existentialist, and the traditionalist. As often as you eat of this now, remember what I did for you then, in hopes for my return in the future. That's the basis of the gospel. The communion table, that's what Jesus said to his disciples. Eat of it now. Remember what I did for you then in hopes of my return in the future he bridges time jesus is the bridge between time he bridges the existentialist the utopianist and the traditionalist i don't know how much more i can expect and emphasize this sorry i'm breaking so much but i have no reason to doubt the gospel of jesus Jesus gives us hope for life. And if you would only accept him into your heart, he would give you hope for life. Let you receive it. Let you. He has taken the chastisement for your peace. No matter what you think you are suffering, Jesus can relate. I can tell you that Jesus can relate. And he paid to make sure that you don't have to suffer. Or you don't have to feel like you're suffering at least. He walks with us through our suffering. And even when we suffer in him, we suffer for glory, for the greater glory. This is the basis of the Christian worldview, as I believe it. And this is why I believe that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, everybody, that's the end of this section of the episode. Once again, I've been talking like a scholar for the past, oh my God, 30 minutes. I really hope somebody out there has enjoyed the meal they got at the table today. I'm going to have to sign out now. Peace, everybody. What's up? Okay, people. This brings us to the end of this episode of the podcast. I hope you really enjoyed the meal you got at the table. Although well, it's not a table anymore. It's a restaurant on a cruise ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you have any questions relating to faith, or just questions generally i don't care where you're from whether you're from a different religion even if you are a christian a skeptic an atheist if you have any questions relating to the faith i'm going to you can always send me a voice message here on anchor i'm recording this on anchor you can log into anchor look for Axter ministries and whatnot and send me a voice message i'll do my best to relate to you reach out to you reply whatever you questions you may have or if you are connected to me on WhatsApp of course I will forward the link to reach out to me on anchor through WhatsApp or you can always send a voice message through WhatsApp as well. I really pray for all my listeners that the spirit that Christ gives can reach you through these words. I pray that you see the light or more founded in the light. Clear all your doubts. Jesus does that, yeah Well, this is Axter Signing out What's up?